Welcome to Simply PM&R, a Mayo Clinic Talks production. The simple solution for physical medicine and rehabilitation healthcare professionals, keeping up while on the go. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Bro, physiatrist in PM&R at Mayo. Heart disease remains the number one leading cause of death in the U.S. and in fact around the world. 92 million Americans live with cardiovascular disease and every 40 seconds one will have a heart attack. With improved acute management, many of these individuals survived their first heart attack. Unfortunately, they're left with functional limitations that require treatment. Today we're joined by Dr. Carmen Terzik, a colleague at Mayo Clinic and physiatrist specializing in cardiac rehabilitation in the Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation Department. Thanks for joining us, Carmen. Thank you for the invitation. So what is cardiovascular rehabilitation? Well, cardiovascular rehab is a multidisciplinary approach to treat patients with cardiovascular disease, specifically after an event, acute event. And uh, it's uh, targeted to improve control, the cardiovascular risk factor, to change lifestyle, specifically introduce those styles that are going to, to control or to prevent cardiovascular disease, and help the patient to be compliant because uh, those lifestyle changes have to be long life. Now, you mentioned risk factors. Are there some that we can modify to prevent cardiovascular disease? Oh, yes. So, and before we go into risk factor, I would like to, to uh, add also that the cardiovascular rehabilitation has been considered, I will not say considered, it is, in fact, the uh, gold standard for care of patients with cardiovascular disease, cost-effective way to do that. And the impact in patient mortality, and not only from cardiovascular diseases, but all overall cause of mortality, are around the 25 to 30%. So few intervention we have now in mm. general in medicine can have this uh, huge impact in mortality. And uh, going back to your question, yes, there are, there are many cardiovascular risk factors that we can control and some unfortunately we cannot. The one that we can control are smoking, number one, uh, blood pressure, so uh, hyperlipidemia, is another risk factor. Glucose intolerance, high glucose or intolerance uh, to glucose. Um, diabetes is another huge risk factor for cardiovascular disease that can be uh, controlled. Uh, sedentarism, so exercise is one of the key component of cardiac rehabilitation and uh, being active. This um, lifestyle is uh, already have been um, established that uh, an intervention that really impact cardiovascular disease. The um, other thing is uh, sleep. Patients that they have a sleep disorders, such as sleep apnea, mm-hmm. it can be also a huge risk factor for cardiovascular disease and we can modify that uh, as well. The other important issue that we need to take consideration and is part of the lifestyle, it's uh, nutrition. So what do you eat? That is very, very important. So. Having a diet that is uh, low in fat, rich in fruit and vegetable, have a positive impact in controlling cardiovascular disease. So are there certain cardiovascular disease processes that benefit from uh, cardiac rehab? 
Yes, patient in 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 the ideal work, everybody with cardiovascular disease will benefit to to get involved in a cardiac rehabilitation program. And however, uh, third payers and uh, they are only supporting cardiac rehabilitation program for certain population of patients or certain mm -hmm. cardiac condition that include uh, coronary artery events such as um, heart attack, uh, angina with a stem placement, and uh, coronary artery bypass surgery, cardiac transplant, LVAD, so different type of surgery mm. such as cardiac transplant, LVAD, and also um, valve replace uh, or repair. And also recently, it, it had been approved for peripheral vascular disease and heart failure. So we are very happy that this uh, population of uh, patients are going to benefit for cardiac rehab. There is a significant number of physicians in the United States and in the world pushing and fighting to advocate it for stroke. It's a vascular disease, and they, they have this risk, the same risk factor that the coronary artery disease. So hopefully this is going to be approved so the number of patients that are going to benefit of uh, cardiac rehabilitation or vascular rehabilitation is going to increase. There are many stages of cardiovascular rehabilitation and sometimes it's kind of confusing to a general physiatrist such as myself. Can you go through the different stages of cardiovascular rehab? There is uh, three stages of cardiovascular rehabilitation. And the stage one, or phase one, as we call it as well, is the one that started when the patient is in the hospital after having the coronary artery event or the, or the surgery, um, or having a an recurrence or exacerbation of the heart failure. So this start 24 hours to 48 hours immediately after the hospitalization, and it lasts during their stay in the hospital. And the focus on this phase one is uh, in education. Make sure that the patient understand why she or he have this event. What are the next steps in prevent this type of event? Cardiac rehabilitation. Make a referral to the cardiac rehabilitation program and assist the patient to identify the best program that match their needs and uh, also be sure that the patient is safe to return to home to do the activities of daily living in a safe and independent way and to be sure that with those activities there is no recurrence of their their symptoms so that is the main goal in this day in the phase one then the phase two starts one to two weeks after the patient has been dismissed from the hospital and it's the, what people consider is like the classic cardiac rehabilitation program. When people think about cardiac rehab, they're thinking about this phase two. It's a, it's a phase that can last few weeks to one year, 36 sessions. And the goal of this is, again, introduce all the lifestyle changes that, that, and help the patient to be compliant and to be adherent to this lifestyle changes in order for them to prevent uh, future events. So the outcome, what we focus in this program is control of, uh, of risk factor. Again, as we mentioned before, lipid profile, glucose, blood pressure, be sure that everything is under control. Uh, stop uh, smoking if the patient smoke, 
look for other um, uh, concomitant or comorbidities that can affect or can uh, predispose the patient of, for cardiac issues, such as sleep apnea, as we talked before, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety. We know that this is a very important risk factor that uh, play, play a role in mortality after a coronary event, patient is depressed or not. And of course, not only identify, but do intervention uh, to support the patient and to control this uh, factor. Weight control and a lot of education about nutrition and counseling about physical activities, returning to work, and psychosocial well-being. Now, exercise is a very important component of the cardiac rehab. And again, some people associate cardiac rehabilitation to exercise, mm-hmm. but exercise one component is very important, but it's only one component. I would say education is the is a very important component as well, uh, as we just uh, talked before, mentioned, control of cardiovascular risk factor, nutrition. Now, the exercise um, during the 30, 30 plus session that the patient uh, come, uh, they they are going to be exercising on their monitor in order for for the patient and the medical staff to be sure that the patient is able to exercise in a safe way. And also to give them the tool, understand this, so they can continue with this exercise program when they are out uh, of their cardiac rehabilitation program. And they, they understand that this is a long life commitment. And so that's it's, uh, that's just sort of the component of the phase two uh, program. This is important, this, this phase two program is a case manager type of programs, multidisciplinary this, uh, this part. So we have nurses, we have dietitian, uh, pulmonary physician, cardiologists, exercise physiologists, uh, psychologists, pulmonologists, or individuals that are involved in a sleep um, program in, and also in a smoke cessation program. So it's a multidisciplinary approach, again, to support this patient to reach the goal. And I talk about education, and education is not only about the nutrition, but also we talk about the um, medication. Why we are giving the medication to them, what is important, and why they need to be compliant with this medication in long term, and assist them if they have any any problem in acquiring those medications. So it's really, it's a it's a wonderful program that can be extrapolated to the care of other of their chronic condition, uh, in my opinion. Then it comes the phase three program, mm-hmm. which is a long, it's long life program. So when the patient is graduated from the phase two program, uh, they have the tool, the information to continue with the exercise, with the right nutrition, stop smoking, medication to control the cardiovascular risk factor and all the lifestyle change uh, necessary in order again to control the cardiovascular risk factor. So it's now in their patient to continue this uh, forever. However, we try to have some touch point with the patient every three months initially, then six months and every year to be sure that they are compliant and to identify if there is any issue that may impair or or, yeah, may impair their ability to to adapt the, the change that we recommended. Are you a physiatrist preparing for your upcoming PM&R Part 2 oral boards? Do you need to brush up on your examination skills? Through a combination of didactic lecture, 
case vignettes, optional mock oral examinations, and online modules, the PM&R Board Review course can help guide your preparation. This vital course will be held on the historic Mayo Clinic campus in downtown Rochester, Minnesota every spring just prior to the American Board of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation oral examinations. For complete course information and to receive an email when registration is open, visit ce.mayo.edu slash PMR. Are there any specific conditions that you have precautions with after a cardiac event? Well, degenerative joint disease, musculoskeletal issues, uh, are one of the more prominent uh, diseases in the planet and any, any stage of uh, your life. That is uh, interesting. So the majority of these patients, and we did a study checking of that, more than 60% of them, they have uh, arthritis affecting me, um, major joints, knee, mm. most common was knee and hip, low back pain. And sometimes this really, it's a um, limiting factor in their ability to to pursue with the exercise prescription. So it will be important, we as a PMR physician, to intervene and, and control the, um, specifically the pain associated with this condition so that the patient can exercise. And also, I mean, be, be sure that the, the exercise prescription is going to be individualized. You cannot use uh, uh, one size fits all. So really have to take in consideration not only the disease that the patient has, the specific vascular disease, but also this comorbidity. I'm in my office. A relatively healthy middle-aged patient comes in and wants to start exercising again. How do you counsel them? Well, if the patient never have exercise, which is it happened very uh, often, middle-aged patient, I think that will be very important that we have a clear understanding of the past medical history. And uh, also, if there's no significant issues, to be sure that the patient doesn't have all of these risk factors that predispose uh, them to coronary artery disease. So I will do review past medical history, physical exam, and blood test to try to identify if the patient is diabetic or, have, or has uh, hyperglycemia blood pressure, smoking, um, sleep apnea, as we talked before, the patient is overweight, this is a factor that we need to consider, and um, if uh, the patient have any other comorbidities uh, uh, associated. So when we identified all this issue, and the next step is will be to do a stress test. In these specific uh, cases, as you mentioned, middle age, never exercise, I think will be important for us to be sure that the individual is uh, able to tolerate a high intensity of exercise. And if you identify some of the risk factors, like patients diabetes, mm -hmm. have history of blood pressure, no well control, is overweight, I think it will be very important to, to have this data. And the stress test uh, will not only rule out any, any coronary artery disease, any condition on the heart, but also will give us a more specific data that we can use to give a more specific um, uh, target for the exercise prescription in terms in term of intensity. And so I will recommend that. When you have this data based of uh, the stress test, assuming that everything is, is uh, normal, 
Then uh, the prescription, the exercise prescription for those individuals will have, a f in my opinion, four components. The aerobic component, where we need to focus in modality. And here I will talk with the patient and identify what are the activities that the patient enjoy. Because you are going to introduce an exercise program, 30 to 40 minutes a day, and they never have done it, so you have to do it in a way they will enjoy. Otherwise, they will not do it. So identify any activities. And I always tell the patient, it doesn't matter if it's running, swimming, bicycle, elliptical. Most important is you are working, working up. And uh, working out and sweating and working your, your heart. So, so this is very important. Identify what do they like, use that as a modality. Then the duration. The goal is to, to have at least 30 to 40 minutes a day of exercise, moderate intensity exercise. And, uh, but we don't have to, stop, to start immediately, 30, 40 minutes. You can start slowly, 10, 15 minutes, and progressively increase the duration until you reach the target. Every aerobic exercise conditioning should have a five minutes of, of warm up, following by the time 20 to 30 minutes of uh, uh, high in, uh, of the target intensity of exercise, and then follow with five, five minutes of uh, cool down. And uh, ideally, it's every, every day. It should be seven days a week, but we know that uh, if individuals are very deconditioning, never have exercise, or they have some, let's say, severe degenerative joint disease affecting knee, for example, this probably initially could be too much. So. I, s I will tell the patient at least five, five days a week. And you can also alternate the type of exercise. One day bicycle, one day walking, one day elliptical. So in this way you work out all muscle if the patient enjoy doing those activities. Some patients enjoy, enjoy only swimming, so, mm -hmm. so we do the, the swimming. And um, the intensity we talked before, it should be defined by the result of the stress test. Now, if we don't have this, the stress test result, the, or we, we don't have uh, um, access to that, then the, the use of the Borg exertion scale is, is a good one, at the level between 12 or 13, which is uh, somewhat uh, hard. And um, this is what I will recommend, it, to keep it for at least 20 minutes, this target uh, uh, intensity. So. Then every exercise, as I said before, beside the aerobic component should have a stretching and a strengthening and, and balance component. So the stretching, I will recommend 10 to 15 minutes every day. You can do even before or after the aerobic component and focus in major uh, muscle group, an upper and lower extremity, if, if able. Then the uh, strengthening exercise, two or three times a week, and it's important to tell the patient that at least 48 hours in between session, because other, otherwise, you, as, as we all know, it can injure the muscle. But some people, they only have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for exercising, so they try to do everything in three days, and mm -hmm. this is not going to work. And then, uh, again, for the, for the strengthening exercise program, focusing major muscle group, upper and lower extremity, and a core strengthening, don't forget about that. And if there is any specific condition that you want to target, let's say patient have a, um, arthritis in hip or knee, then you want to work with this other specific muscle group, and then 
you, you can prescribe that as your criteria. And uh, the balance. Never forget balance. about balance exercise as a part of the program. And I always tell the patient, you can incorporate the balance exercise in any activities of your of your life. When you are cooking, you can stand in one leg. When you are um, in the elevator at work or hmm. brushing your teeth, you're standing one leg, and then you're challenging your body. So, but be creative. But again, don't forget about the balance exercise. And sometimes, I mean, this patient will benefit uh, to other activities. Again. You don't have to go to go to a gym to be able to accomplish some of these uh, some of the recommendation or all the recommendations. You can be creative and and prescribe a strengthening exercise program. They can do with the all the whole body. You use your own body to strain. Elastic band, tai chi, mm-hmm. for example, can be used also. So sit down with the patient and and uh, my recommendation is uh, it's an interactive conversation bidirectional when you build together the exercise program. Any difference between men and women? Yes, there are significant differences in the approach of cardiac rehabilitation, men and women, control of cardiovascular risk factor, and unfortunately, we don't know so much about that at this this moment. We are learning. There is uh, many researchers, not only at Mayo, but outside uh, our institution, that are are focusing now in research in women with cardiovascular disease because the some of the uh, the mechanisms of the disease are completely different and uh, and we are seeing more and more women with uh, coronary artery events like a myocardial infarction with a clean coronary arteries so then you think what are we going to do and still we don't know we are in some cases approaching like if they have a, a coronary artery disease induced by arteriosclerosis, but we know that probably this is not the right approach. So that will be good for another podcast to talk about the <laughs> cardiac rehabilitation in women with cardiac disease. We've been talking about cardiovascular rehabilitation with Dr. Carmen Terzik, a colleague at Mayo Clinic and a physician in physical medicine and rehabilitation. Thanks for your time, Carmen. Thank you. Today's episode was sponsored by Mayo Clinic Online CME offering on-demand medical education in a wide variety of specialties. This includes the Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation online board review course. Enter your boards with confidence, whether it's your first time through or for recertification. Learn on your own time and earn credit. Register today at ce.mayo.edu slash PMRBR online. Thank you.